0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're going to talk today about what's happening in our country and it's alarming. And we're talking about the censorship that's taking place of political figures in Washington, senators, congressmen, and political voices across the landscape, as quite honestly, we are seeing censorship like we have never seen at a level in this country. You're listening to News and Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We bring you these programs each week so that you might become better informed of the issues of our day. Of course, last week, on Wednesday, January 6th, When Congress was meeting to review the Electoral College votes that came in from the various states, there was a large gathering of of Trump supporters as the president addressed them at the Oval. Immediately following that, there was a melee at the U.S. Capitol. There is still a lot of speculation of actually what happened there. We'd like you to visit our website and uh, click on what's called Crossroads with Joshua Phillips of Epoch Times. They've done an in depth study of an analysis with foreign journalists of what exactly happened at the U.S. Capitol. And you're going to find out that Antifa tactics were used as Antifa agents of chaos actually infiltrated the Trump protest and were the ones that led the vandalism at the, at the U.S. Capitol and then, of course, led crowds into the Capitol. And so a lot of that is being sorted out right now as the Justice Department has been filing charges against those who entered illegally into the U.S. Capitol in areas of the U.S. Capitol that were off-limits and, of course, vandalism that occurred there as well. And, of course, tragically, five people in total died as a result of the melee at the U.S. Capitol last week. As a result, there's been a cascade of calls for censorship. The uh, social media platform parlor in which our organization was heavily engaged in and working with, with conservative voices from across the country, was taken down by Amazon as they controlled the servers, and they took it offline. They then tried to find other server platforms to host the website that had really become a competitor of Twitter, only to find out that uh, group after group, organization after organization, would not host the now popular and now demised uh, parlor as an option for conservative voices. There's also been Gab. Gab is a social network, and they have had an influx of people that have gone to Gab. Now, they knew of this possible platform issue of liberals that host the uh, platforms for the servers, and they had already prepared for this by building their own server network, so they 're not at risk of being taken down to that knowledge that we know of their um, their CEO said in the past four days fifty one million visits to their uh, new uh, social media gab ninety one million page views, one point seven million new users, so it 's growing. Uh, you know, incredibly, uh, because people are looking for new platforms to be able to express their views. But talking about the censorship that's taking place, the Ohio Christian Alliance has been victim of that by Facebook, by Twitter, by YouTube. With me on the phone is my good friend, who is the president uh, and founder of Created Equal, a pro-life organization that actually uh, announces the defense of the unborn. And with young people, actually protest at abortion clinics, and actually bring the message of life out into the highways and byways. They have seen this kind of tactic uh, over the years, and of course they have been censured from uh, platforms, social media platforms, when they've tried to get their messages out of their videos that actually show young women changing their minds about abortion when they see the images, the reality of what abortion actually is, and the demise of the unborn child in the womb. With me on the phone is my good friend, Mark Harrington. Mark, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks for having me, Chris.
1: Mark, did you ever think in our in our lives that we would see this kind of censorship in the United States of America?
2: Well, not actually uh, there, Chris. I, you know, I've been around for many years, 25 years in this battle. And we've seen the erosion of free speech over the last several decades. But ever since the election and even a little bit before that, uh, we've seen an increase in violence towards our uh, young activists on college campuses. And then with the election, uh, the way it went, immediately, these social media platforms began censoring conservative speech, starting with the president of the United States. So uh, this has this gone, you know, at it, it, it light speed now. We, we were at a place where I thought we could manage this, I think it's almost beyond our own ability to, to change course at this point. We're in really tough, tough times.
1: Well, we are, and a lot of people are frightened, and for good reason, because they see if the President of the United States can be taken off of Twitter. And folks, let me explain this to you. Twitter, of course, is a social media app that has 330 million users worldwide. That's how big tech, when we talk about big tech, of Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube. And, of course, YouTube was bought by Google, and now they control it. YouTube, uh, some years ago, used to be its own entity, then Google bought it, and now it's being censured. And there's really just a handful of demagogues in uh, high tech uh, that are actually doing this. And that's Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, that's Jack Dorsey of uh, Twitter, And they're the ones who are making indiscriminate decisions to taking people off their platforms, starting with the President of the United States, who had his Twitter account, by the way, when he was a private citizen. Listen to this. 80 million followers. They turned him off immediately. Facebook banned him for life. So did Twitter. Then it didn't stop there. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, a wonderful Christian committed man, who we've had his father on this radio program, Rafael Cruz, and talks about his testimony of coming out of Cuba, out of Castro's Cuba, and surviving that and coming to the United States and loving this country. And, of course, Ted Cruz is the U.S. senator from Texas, who was presenting challenging uh, material about the Electoral College with uh, election fraud and uh, election, uh, uh, election, uh, election, uh, election fraud in the, the election election with the, with the electoral college votes, and that's when the disturbance happened and, and all of it was suspended. Now they're saying that he is guilty of insurrection as a terrorist because he invoked people with to the electoral college votes in which the Democrats have done for four different elections during, since the 60s. Going from the 60s to the 70s uh, up to 2004, even 2016, they also challenged on the floor of the House of Representatives, the Electoral College votes as they were presented. So it's nothing new for Congress to do this. It's part of the uh, constitutional process. They're they're able to do it. We're able to do it, meaning Republicans. And that's what he and Senator Josh Hawley were doing. Senator Josh Hawley, his house was targeted by antifa Antifa thugs. Then when he was away in Oklahoma, this was just a few days before uh, the, uh, vote on January 6th and they came to his house in the middle of the night with bullhorns up to his door and uh, pounding, uh, (coughs) excuse me, on his door and his wife and young baby daughter were there. Can you imagine how frightening that would be? They're targeting people's homes, elected officials' homes. Since that time, there's members of Congress now saying you're to blame, put them on a no-fly list, uh, seize their banking accounts, arrest them. Mark, it's unbelievable what the radical left is doing. These are
2: congressmen calling for these senators to be arrested. Your thoughts? Well, I've been warning people for years uh, that this day was coming, a day of reckoning for us conservatives and Christians that use social media. And I've been warning for years that we need to get off these platforms and create our own alternative media. And very few people are listening to that because they built these massive social platforms, spending millions and millions of dollars on Facebook and Twitter, only to have in one day many of them shut down. And so I think now it's, it's there for everyone to see. And I exhort anybody out there who's listening, Christian or not, that it's time to find alternative means of communicating, uh, say goodbye to Facebook and Twitter, move on. There will be other platforms developing. For me and our organization, we are just trying to survive the purge right now. We are doing all we can to protect our organization from this kind of censorship that's happening. And once we hopefully survive that, then we're going to come out on the other side uh, with alternatives to continue to reach people through the internet and I think that's what everybody needs to do right now is just take some time to evaluate your situation are you vulnerable to this type of surveillance and censorship and if you are then take steps to protect yourself and then once you're done with that move on and find uh, other platforms that will come they're going to come because uh, you know, it's the mother invention. We're, we're in a crisis and things will rise out of this soon. We will have alternatives to Facebook and Twitter. They won't be as big right now, but I think um, they will grow exponentially because of what's going on. People are just done with this. Uh, this is just a too far, too fast.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, Mark, that you say that because there are voices on the left, the political left, that are concerned about censorship, too. You know, it used to be liberals who were concerned about free speech and the First Amendment and uh, censorship, and they were the ones who were concerned about that. Well, now Mm -hmm. it's the left that's actually censuring other people. And there was an article uh, right here, it says the ACLU the ACLU, right. is, that's the American Civil Liberties Union, 99.9% of the time we're not in agreement with them, but we are in agreement this time. They said the ACLU voices concern about the unchecked power by big tech after Twitter counsels the president's account. Now think about this, folks. If they can cancel the president, an acting president of the United States, what chance do you have? This is what I said in the post. The ACLU has expressed concern over the unchecked power of big tech and their new doctrine of censorship. When voices on the right and on the left meet on the same issue, you know it's serious. Mark, let's talk about the numbers. Let's talk about the numbers for a minute. Um, There was obviously the president. There was Senator Cruz, Senator Hawley, a number of congressmen that were mm -hmm. thrown off of Twitter and Facebook, banned for life. Uh, There were accounts that were cut down by size. Here's Joe Baggs. He's a national radio host. I would call him a center-right type of guy. Uh, Really straightforward, really common sense, not a radical uh, either way. And yet he said, I lost 100,000 Twitter followers when Jack uh, Jack, uh, uh, took him off my uh, Twitter feed. hundred thousand. He said it took me 11 years to build that account. Then there was Marita Bartolone. She's with uh, Fox Business, a wonderful conservative woman, well-respected across the political landscape. She also had many tens of thousands of followers eliminated immediately. Then there's Mark Levin, and the list goes on and on of these hundreds of conservative voices censured and or they just took off their followers on Twitter that took them years to build up. Your thoughts?
2: Well, the ACLU is a little late to the party, but we'll take them. You know, it's it's about time that independents and libertarians and free speech advocates and classical liberals. When I say classical liberals, that's the old time liberal that believed in free speech. You know, the free speech movement was actually launched by the left way back in the 1960s. But conservatives are the only bastion of free speech anymore. And because of the election, Chris, if it would have gone the other way, this would not be happening right now at the speed it is. But because of the election, there they know that there will be no pushback in Congress. They know they that the that the left holds all branches of government. Uh, rule two hundred thirty is no longer in jeopardy, even though President Trump tried to get the Congress to to repeal that rule that would. Uh, allow uh, the government to restrict and regulate big tech, that's no longer on the table now. These people, you know, the, the, the dam has been broken and they are out for blood. Well, and we're going to be monitoring this and
1: we're going to fight back and we're going to fight back in legal ways and we're going to be peaceful and we're going to find a way to do it constitutionally like we've always done. We are Christians. We believe that we live in a representative republic. We live in the free nation of America. We're going to exercise our rights. A man that actually faced that kind of censorship and actually legal jeopardy 10 years ago was James O'Keefe of Veritas. It's an organization that actually goes undercover and actually videotapes and records people in their own words that actually end up condemning them. He goes into political places of power, also in sources of media, shows their bias and hypocrisy. This week, he did it with PBS and their legal counsel. And this man in a bar, uh, he is uh, uh, their legal counsel, was saying outrageous things. Let's go to the clip because uh, judgment in this case came swiftly after the report was broke of what this man said in that conversation undercover by Veritas. Let's go to that report.
3: Hello, everyone. James O'Keefe here, Project Veritas. Michael Beller, PBS legal counsel, has just been fired. Fired. Minutes ago, Matthew Keyes wrote, quote, PBS has fired Mike Beller, a mid-level staffer who was filmed by Project Veritas calling for the children of Trump supporters to be put in re-education camps. Beller was also talking about throwing Molotov cocktails at the White House the week of this insurrection. Michael Beller has now been fired, by pbs of the corporation public broadcasting you can see him on tape here talking about molotov
4: cocktails
3: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen this is one of the fastest reactions i've ever seen in the history of project veritas the video on twitter has around a million views right now this is the week that twitter is censoring everyone and mostly because we've been asking people to embed the video through proxy, through an army of patriot distributors. On Telegram, we sent the video out. On Telegram, people have been uploading it. And within just about two, two and a half hours, this man has been terminated. Now, forcing the mainstream media to report on it. This is what I was trying to tell you all. We must stop complaining. We must now do their jobs. And do their jobs, we have done.
1: That is James O'Keefe of uh, Veritas, and 10 years ago, uh, they uh, filed suit against him. He did an undercover operation at that time to expose uh, some media hypocrisy. They sued him. They drained his uh, bank accounts. He, they, uh, he was censured by all the social media platforms. He had to start over from scratch. So that's a man who actually has been down this road before, and he's recovered. Get this. He said but when I was starting back after we lost all of our followers on all the social media platforms and that we were bankrupt, we were, we were exonerated in the end legally, but we took all of our money for our legal defense. He said, I realize that if we, win, if we win over one person with the truth, it's worth it. And if we take that mark as a rallying cry, That we have to start over, that we're being kicked off of Facebook, we're being censured. The Ohio Christian Alliance tried to get its nonpartisan, get this, nonpartisan informational voter guide for the last couple of elections in 2018 and 2020 published. We don't endorse political parties or candidates, never have. Uh, So it wasn't biased. It wasn't even slanted. It's a nonpartisan piece. But because we're conservative, because we're pro-life, because we believe in religious liberty, because we believe in the nuclear family between a man and woman and children, because of that, they banned us and said, "Your, your ad does not meet with our community standards. And in 2018, they did it. We brought our complaints to Congress. I brought it to Senator Portman. I said, Senator, we got a problem. He said, I agree. He tried to bring it up in uh, committees in Washington. Unfortunately, they didn't do anything about it. And now they have become the victims of it themselves. The power of big tech and the violation of antitrust laws, and they uh, basically are demagogues that can do whatever they want
2: in power. Your thoughts, Mark? Well, I think like you say, uh, Veritas was ahead of the curve, and I think we all need to be doing what they're doing, and that is finding alternatives to reach their people that we need to reach. You know, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Amen. And that lies will not last long, but we can't be naive to what's going on around us. To me, this this is a gift in some ways. It's just smoked them out of their holes. They were always this way. Now they're out in the open for all of us to see. And to me, that's the grace of God. It's time for us to, like I say, protect ourselves and then prepare for what's ahead.
1: You know, we've talked about, as we enter into the new year, to pray for wisdom, to pray for understanding. The Bible says, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. You know, it says in First 1 Chronicles 12.32, and the children of Issachar, were, which were men of understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. So this is what we need to do. We need to go forward. We need to do what we've always done as Christians. We need to speak the truth in love. We need to be proactive. We need to encourage good men and women of conscience in uh, public office. We need to encourage them to do the right thing at the state house in Columbus, our statewide officials, our local officials, and our congressmen. And, of course, the Republicans will now be in minority in both the U.S. House of Representatives and minority in the U.S. Senate at least for the next two years. We need to encourage those men and women to take courageous stand, to speak up, they won't have the votes on committee, and so there is, a, there is a radical leftist agenda that's coming at us. Mark, I know that pains your heart as a pro-life uh, advocate over these decades, and is mine as well, that we have tried to push to abolish abortion in this country with over mm-hmm. 60 million lives that have been lost through abortion since 1973. We're coming up on the anniversary of Roe. This Sunday is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. On the 29th of this month will be the March for Life, the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. Your thoughts about that?
2: Well, scripture is clear that we shouldn't put our trust in princes nor in mortal man where there is no salvation. Uh, we can't look to politics to be our savior. We can't look to Washington, D.C. to do what we know we need to do. That is to speak the truth in love to a culture that is uh, moving at light speed in another direction. So I exhort your listeners, first of all, take care of yourself, your family, and your direct uh, network of friends and others and colleagues first. That is, prepare for the future, but don't hunker down. It's not time to move to Wyoming. (laughs) We need to think about future generations, our children and our grandchildren, and keep the fight.
1: Amen, brother, and it's not a time to cower, but it's a time to muster courage and and encourage others, and to spur them on to good works, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, the, the day is the Lord's, uh, and we're going to go forward. We're not delusional that the times won't be challenging, and there will be difficulties, and that there will be days of sadness. But what we are saying is, God will give us strength. He will give us the strength we need. And so, brother, I want to thank you for the work that you do. What an encouragement. We need to encourage one another. I just got off the phone with another pastor friend, who gave me a wonderful word of encouragement. And so that's what we need to do at this time, is to encourage one another, to spur one another on to good works. In the next segment, we're going to mm-hmm. have a echo uh, rebroadcast of, from last week's program when I talked to Greg Lawson of the Buckeye Institute, Pastor Al Davis. We talked about working in the states on public policy. It's up to the states now to fight back against the overreach of federal government with the leftist agenda coming down. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do it lawfully. We're going to do it peacefully. But we're going to do it adamantly and for our God and for our Christ. Uh, Mark, what is the website so people can find you at Created Equal?
2: Go to createdequal.org. That's createdequal.org. Chris, God bless you. Keep up the good work.
1: Thank you, my friend. You do the same. We'll have you back. And God bless you for all that you do fighting for the unborn in our country. God bless you. Well, thank you for listening. If you've uh, missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at OhioCA.org. Thanks for listening.
3: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor,
2: a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity
1: The following is a previously aired broadcast.
0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus, and what a historical week it has been here in the United States of America. There was a large rally in Washington, D.C. to support President Trump and to speak out against the election and voter fraud that many Americans believed happened in the November 3rd election. And of course, on the morning following, the Senate runoff in Georgia, of which still suspicion hangs in the air were these equal and fair elections, or was fraud playing a heavy hand, as both Democrats at this time seems to have won in the uh, Georgia runoff, giving the complete control of the U.S. government to one-party rule, the Democratic leftist agenda. You're listening to News & Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. I want to read to you a statement that we issued last night. We want to support the 140-plus members of the U.S. Congress and the 11 U.S. Senators who are uh, basically objecting to the Electoral College vote that is being presented uh, this week on the floor? Now, as we speak, uh, this is being taped on Wednesday. There has been a disruption on Capitol Hill as protesters that were there for the rally have basically breached the building and have stopped the sessions of both the House and Senate. So, until that resumes later, we'll find out what happened. But uh, we're going to talk about what's going forward. We're going to presume the worst politically, and that uh, Mr. Biden will be the president, that the Democrats will control the House, the Senate, and basically what that means. And they're talking about a very radical view of America, moving it to a more socialist state rather than what we've been familiar with all of our lives. All of our republic is seemingly at risk with this new form of government that's been ushered in, and many Americans. Quite honestly, one poll, a low poll, has 39% of Americans, including Republicans, independents, and some Democrats, believe that the election was stolen. So with that much doubt in the air, we really are in terrible times in our country, and uh, really a time in which we need to be aware of what's going on. But let's talk about the Electoral College Challenge that's happening uh, as we speak. Again, this is taped on Wednesday. It will be aired on thursday you may know the effect by then but maybe not as this thing may play out but let's go to the audio tape of senator ted cruz who's leading the senate effort to object the electoral college votes from some of the states of where fraud was evidently uh present and even maybe election fraud and maybe even it has been confirmed uh
5: international
1: influence in the united states elections this is a very serious matter let's listen to senator ted cruz on the floor
5: Mr. President. Senator. We gathered together at a moment of great division, at a moment of great passion. We have seen and no doubt will continue to see a great deal of moralizing from both sides of the aisle. But I would urge to both sides perhaps a bit less certitude and a bit more recognition that we are gathered at a time when democracy is in crisis. Recent polling shows that 39% of Americans believe the election that just occurred, quote, was rigged. You may not agree with that assessment, but it is nonetheless a reality for nearly half the country. I would note it is not just Republicans who believe that. 31% of independents agree with that statement. 17% of Democrats believe the election was rigged. Even if you do not share that conviction, it is the responsibility, I believe, of this office to acknowledge that is a profound threat to this country and to the legitimacy of any administrations that will come in the future. I want to take a moment to speak to my Democratic colleagues. I understand. Your guy is winning right now. If Democrats vote as a block, Joe Biden will almost certainly be certified as the next president of the United States. I want to speak to the Republicans who are considering voting against these objections. I understand your concerns, but I urge you to pause and think What does it say to the nearly half the country that believes this election was rigged if we vote not even to consider the claims of illegality and fraud in this election? And I believe there's a better way. The leaders just spoke about setting aside the election. Let me be clear, I am not arguing for setting aside the result of this election. All of us are faced with two choices, both of which are lousy. One choice is vote against the objection. And tens of millions of Americans will see a vote against the objection as a statement that voter fraud doesn't matter, isn't real, and shouldn't be taken seriously. And a great many of us don't believe that. On the other hand, most if not all of us believe we should not set aside the results of an election just because our candidate may not have prevailed. And so I endeavored to look for door number three, a third option. And for that, I looked to history, to the precedent of the 1876 election, the Hayes-Tilden election, where this Congress appointed an electoral commission to examine claims of voter fraud. Five House members, five senators, five Supreme Court justices examined the evidence and rendered a judgment. And what I would urge of this body is that we do the same that we appoint an electoral commission to conduct a 10-day emergency audit. Consider the evidence and resolve the claims. For those on the Democratic aisle who says say there is no evidence, they've been rejected, then you should rest in comfort. If that's the case, an electoral commission would reject those claims. But for those who respect the voters, simply telling the voters, go jump in a lake, the fact That you have deep concerns is of no moment to us that jeopardizes, I believe, the legitimacy of this and subsequent elections. The Constitution gives to Congress the responsibility this day to count the votes. The framers knew what they were doing when they gave responsibilities to to Congress. We have a responsibility And I would urge that we follow the precedent of 1877. The Electoral Count Act explicitly allows objections such as this one for votes that were not regularly given. And let me be clear, this objection is for the state of Arizona, but it is broader than that. It is an objection for all six of the contested states to have a credible, objective, impartial body hear the evidence and make a conclusive determination. That would benefit both sides. That would improve legitimacy of this election. And so let me urge my colleagues, all of us take our responsibility seriously. I would urge my colleagues, don't take perhaps the easy path, but instead act together, astonish the viewers and act in a bipartisan sense to say we will have a credible and fair tribunal, consider the claims, consider the facts, consider the evidence, and make a conclusive determination whether and to what extent this election complied with the Constitution and with federal law.
1: That was Senator Ted Cruz on the floor this afternoon before it was disrupted by protesters who entered the chambers of the U.S. Capitol building Uh, pouring out from the large uh, gathering, as uh, was gathered in the morning, to hear speakers that support President Trump, that support uh, the agenda of the president over the last four years. Uh, But obviously, we're concerned about the election fraud that took place in various battleground states that we've reported on in this program, and it's available on our website. Uh, Just go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website. Some of the videos of the State legislatures holding hearings with expert witnesses, uh, sworn affidavits of literally now thousands of people who witnessed and gave under perjury of law sworn statement that election fraud took place in their states with documentation, with video evidence, none of which has been seen by any court or have the affidavits been read by any justice. This is the frustration that people are feeling, and so right now we're seeing an unprecedented act as the literally folks have stormed the Capitol building on Capitol Hill and have taken it over so far peacefully. Uh, You know, it is an act, uh, obviously uh, it's against the law to do so, but as one protester said, this is the people's house. And so the Democratic mayor of Washington, D.C. has not made life easy for those coming in for the rally. She has shut down streets. Uh, She has turned away food vendors. She has shut down bathrooms, hotels. She has not put out the welcome wagon. In fact, she has made it very difficult for these Americans to come and peacefully protest. So there's going to be fault that goes all the way around here. And before we make any kind of judgment on that, it's too soon for that. But one thing is certain. As the senator said, this country is deeply divided right now. And uh, we, we are hearing it everywhere we go in our homes, in our communities, in our states across the country. As Christians, we are needing to pray. But also as Christians, we need to understand the times in which we live. One of the scripture verses that I've put up on our website is from First 1 Chronicles 12:32, and the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. In this instance, it's what the church ought to do. And right now we need to be praying for that kind of wisdom and understanding as we enter into the new year. Obviously, we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we do know, that God will guide us through as a church, and we need to be vigilant, we need to be ready, and we need to be those who are of ready mind to be able to give reason. This still is an opportunity in this representative republic to hold lines of defense and or resistance peacefully, and we're going to talk about it on the program today.
3: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have
2: set upon a mighty endeavor...
3: I've
1: invited our good friend, Pastor Al Davis, who's a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance, to join me again today, and also our good friend from the Buckeye Institute, Greg Lawson. It's a conservative think tank in Columbus, Ohio, and they weigh in on a lot of public policy, and they've been a great go-to organization to help us with research. We're going to talk about practical ways, and we're going to consider, let's consider for us as conservatives and pro-life, pro-family people, the worst-case scenario that the left takes over both chambers of the Congress when the dust settles and the presidency and then begins to push through a very radical leftist agenda. What can we then do, right? Well, we can do some resistance peacefully. We can actually affect policy in our states. Here in Ohio, the Republicans control both the Ohio House, the Ohio Senate, and all five branches of the state government, including governor, attorney general, and secretary of state. The states will have to start fighting back against overreach of federal mandates that are surely going to come, that affect our schoolchildren, our men, our women, our children, and we're going to, in our Christian beliefs, this is all going to be an assault for us going forward. Again, I'm going to turn to Pastor Al. Pastor, Al, your thoughts about that.
6: Well, thank you, Chris. And yes, we're certainly living in a historic time when we see what's happening, and our prayers continue to be for our country and for our leaders and as Christians of course you know we uh, we obviously understand we need to respond uh, uh, with prayer and uh, god's people need to be in prayer uh, in regards to what's happening but looking at the idea of a potential tense admi- i'm sorry uh, biden administration uh, and the limiting of our Christian liberties, and some of the things that you've been talking about. I continue to go back to what Peter and the apostles said when they were told by the, uh, the authorities of their day that they could not mm-hmm. preach in the name of Christ, and they said in Acts chapter uh, 5 and verse 20, we ought to obey God rather than man. And uh, we understand we obey man and man's laws until it conflicts with the Bible, don't we?
1: Well that that's right and you know so in this country we've enjoyed the privilege of being able to live in a free nation with constitutional rights and privileges that give us freedom of expression freedom of religion freedom of speech we could say that people are demonstrating today hopefully peacefully for the most part meaning when we say peaceful the well, say, well they broke down barriers and they broke into a building well they haven't destroyed anything and no one's been hurt or thank god no one's been killed as happens in other countries when people are so angry about what's happening in their government, or lack thereof. So we we are talking on this program today about let's begin to pray even more intently. Let's give direction. And there is a way for us to peacefully, uh, effectively, become the resistance through public policy. And that's what we do at the Ohio Christian Alliance, and we're going to be leadership here and show the way forward how we're going to do this. So... You know, there's a time to protest. You know, we believe that that let our voice be heard. Obviously, as pro-lifers, we've done that for years. Unfortunately, we've not been able to shut down abortion in this country, and now it looks as if uh, abortion on demand is going to continue, and the pro-lifers will have a terrible fight on our hands. Many of which I've talked to who are very depressed. But there's going to be so many areas of which our liberties and rights are going to be challenged, and we're going to have to find a way to effectively give peaceful resistance to this through policy on the state level against federal mandates, and there's a way to do that. I'm going to turn to my friend Greg Lawson, the Buckeye Institute. We have a lot of great, very thoughtful discussions. Uh, Greg, thank you for your uh, involvement today on the program. Your thoughts?
7: Well, thanks for having me, Chris. And, uh, you know, I wish that we were able to talk under better circumstances than this. This is definitely a historic moment, and it's uh, a very concerning moment. But I will say that one of the first things that has come into my mind is that states, uh, first of all, the Trump administration did a wonderful job of bringing back the concept of federalism. It never really truly went away, but he embraced that and and pushed policies back into the hands of states to let states make decisions. And that's really how it is supposed to work. The federal government is supposed to be very limited in what it, it does to, you know, security, international issues and and defense and things of that nature and certain things within the borders. But states uh, have have a great deal of sovereignty and should be the actors that lead the way uh, for the people that reside in the individual states. And his administration did a great job on this. And I think that in a state like Ohio, we are fortunate because we have policymakers uh, within the legislature here, the General Assembly, that want to stand up for what Ohio values are and what Ohio policies are going to be. And the critical thing here is going to be, if, in fact, uh, things happen as we've described, or as you described, uh, there is going to be an onslaught of D.C. knows best policy. It's going to hit things from everything from gun issues to life issues. and It's going to hit energy issues. It's going to hit, you know, uh, which is a big issue here in Ohio for jobs and employment. And you can see all of these things coming, and it is going to be incumbent upon the government here in Ohio to stand and push back. It did this during the Obama Biden administration. Uh, the the administration uh, pushed back. There was a lot of litigation. There was a lot of action at the state house to push back on encroachments onto the state, and that is something that absolutely has to happen legislators are going to have to stand up. They're going to have to stiffen their spine and they're going to have to push back. If there's a mandate, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of money that's going to come to the state probably soon. Uh, That's one of the first things I think you can envision happening coming out of Washington is just an obscene amount of spending. And some of that's going to come to the state. Some of it might be necessary to deal, of course, with the after effects of the coronavirus and the issues that we've been confronting there. But we're going to have to be extraordinarily careful about the strings that are attached because Washington, uh, under the Trump administration, did a good job of of helping without putting a bunch of strings on there because they wanted states to experiment. I don't necessarily see that being the case, of course, from the uh, Biden-Harris administration. So the states are going to have to really ask about what kind of money are they willing to take in. And when they do that, they're going to have to push back on the strings. But they can do this. They can do this through legislation. They can do this through. There's a lot of ways in which the DeWine governor administration can work. Well, on, and
1: in li- uh, litigation, the litigation, the state attorney general, state attorney general Davios, can be very proactive, and will be proactive, no doubt. So let's take, for instance, this proposal that Chuck Schumer said that when Biden on day one, okay, is going to file an executive order. About LGBTQ practices in public schools with all public access and accommodation. What are we talking about? We're talking about boys going into girls' bathrooms, showers, locker rooms, uh, athletic programs. This is what they're actually projecting. Folks, this will affect your son or daughter in your local school if Ohio doesn't fight, fight back against the federal mandate that's coming down. Obviously, Second Amendment, <laughs> we have heard. The concern in the Second Amendment community. You know, this is our this is our right to keep and to bear arms, okay? And uh, they're talking about gun seizure. So, you, you know, we're seeing a very angry protest, obviously, in Washington, D.C., the likes of which we've not seen before. Well, because people were upset, they're actually concerned about the future. They've heard the proposals, and now they've seen theft take place in the Electoral College in which the state's Fraud take place in strongly Democrat-held counties. I mean, come on, what happened in Atlanta? What happened in Philadelphia and Detroit and in, in Maricopa County in Arizona? And then the election machines of Dominion election machines and there and there the, the Trump legal team and other legal experts have evidence of international foreign involvement in online election data transfer during the election count. I mean. We've never people are upset because they see it and they know what they've seen, Greg, and they're upset about it. And I don't think this is going to go away. And so, with the federal government, with the new president being seated, Joe Biden, if that's how it comes out, and with uh, Congress being controlled by the Democrats and the leftist agenda, and they start uh, coming at us every which way, but uh, Dawn, then you know we're going to have to find a plausible way to resist them in the states. We already heard in Texas where they're ready to resist, and like you said, you take the federal money, then you're obligated to the debt. You know That's how it's always played, that you know the more debt that a state takes in from the federal government, you are obligated to other programs and or laws and uh, mandates. Isn't that right? Isn't that
7: what you're saying? That's absolutely right, and we're going to, have to be extraordinarily careful on that and push back on that.
1: That's right, and not obligate ourselves to the federal government and start weaning ourselves away so that we can be more autonomously ruled by our own state government, which we can more control in our own neighborhood. (laughs) But Quoting an old Democrat, Tip O'Neill said, all politics is local, and I would rather have that local control. Wouldn't you, Al?
6: Oh, absolutely. And something that we've talked about briefly in the past, uh, something that can be done in the states, is a concept called nullification. Um, If you wanted to get into that a little bit, um, that dates back to 1798 when James Madison and Thomas Jefferson drafted the Virginia and Kentucky resolutions. And uh, they, they basically said that since the states created the federal government in the first place, uh, then it, it, it makes uh, sense that the states can have some kind of defense mechanism should the federal government break free of the restraints they'd imposed on it. Um, Jefferson himself introduced the word nullification, by which he meant the power of a state to be able to refuse to allow an unconstitutional federal law to be invor-
7: enforced within its borders.
1: Well, that's right. Well, and let me yeah, go ahead. I just want to
7: say, and you've seen this happen a lot. Let's be honest here. When we were trying to, when there was federal immigration law trying to be defended by the Trump administration, the the other side, you know, pushed back a lot on those kind of things, uh, saying that local governments and states had the ability to act that way. And I think what's interesting is that you're going to probably see them oppose states now trying to act in that way. But what's good for the goose has to be, or at least should be, good for the gander. We need to do that, and we need to push back, and we need to have the states stand up. Well, we've got a lot of
1: work ahead of us, and we're not going
7: anywhere. And for
1: the sakes of our, our churches, our faith, our families, and our children and grandchildren, we're going to do that. Well, there are those who have gone before us that gave us this great republic, and we're going to continue exercising our rights and privileges under this constitutional law. I want to thank my good friend Pastor Al Davis and Greg Lawson of the Buckeye Institute for joining us today. Greg, what's the website so folks can visit you?
7: Yep, Uh, just
0: www.buckeyeinstitute.org. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.